You are listening to the Icehouse Podcast, hosting conversations with gritty Kiwi business owners and leaders and industry-leading minds. Kia ora everybody, welcome to another amazing episode of the Ice House Podcast. It's Briar here, I'm very excited to be releasing this episode. We recorded at the Ice House offices in Parnell, Auckland. I'm chatting with Rewa Willis, she's the co-founder and director of Shearson Willis, a corporate affairs firm in Auckland, offering communication strategy, government relations, crisis management and stakeholder engagement. Rewa is also a Te Pune Kokiri cadet, having received a scholarship as a Māori business owner doing incredible mahi in her community. She's part of the owner-manager program 58 alumni, and it's a great story of building a business from ground up alongside her amazing business partner, Trish. Hope you enjoy this conversation. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. No worries. We'll jump into some quick fire. It's a good way to get warmed up. Okay. Uh, first question, when are you most relaxed? Uh... Probably with my fa- my family. Awesome. Yeah. When are you most productive? Uh, when I'm balanced, well rested, probably not being interrupted. Yeah, love that. What does a day in the life of you look like? Uh, is that a quick fire question? <laughs> <laughs> True, maybe not. <laughs> um, well, every day kind of looks a bit different. I have, you know, once I'm at work, it's quite different. At home, I have a very um, consistent routine, so... Um, I don't like to wake up with an alarm in the morning. Um, I make a conscious effort not to check my phone in the morning mm. in terms of you know emails and being on social media. Um, I have a regular meditation practice, so I do that morning and afternoon. Once I'm at the office, um, I sit next to our finance person, so we will have a check-in when I first arrive. Cool. Um, and then probably the mornings, for me, mornings are a time really for deep thinking, mm. that kind of mid-morning, depending on what's going on, or kind of that mid-afternoon. Um, and then the rest of the day is kind of filled up with, you know, questions from the team, helping them, um, at the moment, a lot of recruitment. Mm. Doing a lot of recruitment at the moment, performance reviews. So, yeah, they, it can be really, really different. Um, and then kind of, you know, back and then into the evening routine. Yeah, I love that. Gives us a really good insight into your day which we'll dive into even deeper when we get into some more questions. Book or podcast that you recommend? Uh, So I'm not a fictional reader. I love non-fiction books. I really like books uh, that make you look more deeply at yourself and kind of human philosophy. Mm. Um, The book that I would recommend would be uh, Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. And that that book looks at um, how your thoughts can really impact how your cells and your body mm. uh, react to things. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's what you think is what you believe. Yeah, interesting. And what happens. Mm. Yeah. If you were to write a book, <laughs> <laughs> what would it be about? Um, look, I, I think probably it would be about something that I know that's close to me. Maybe a children's book. Mm, I don't know. Maybe cool. about... Um, know maybe a nice Maori children's book about I don't know facing adversity and you know coming out on top I don't know yeah beautiful yeah I love that first ever job my first ever job I was at it was actually not long after I got my driver's license and uh, I was a KFC delivery driver yes you were (laughs) that is awesome And at the same time as I did that, so I did that at night, and in the morning I would go to the 
post office in Market Road and sort the mail into mailboxes before school. Wow. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hard mahi from the start. Yeah, That's great. Hard from the start. <laughs> and actually my parents paid for all my petrol in my car, so it kind of worked out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Legends. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, diving a bit deeper, you know, away from the quick fire and um, more in depth, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're passionate about. Ko reo Willis tōku ingawa, he uri ahau ngō Waikato Tainui me Ngāpuhi Whānui. Ko Taupiri, ko Maunga Tanifa o ku Maunga, ko Waikato, ko Hokianga o ku Awa. Ko Ngāti Wairere, ko Te Ihutai o ku Hapu. Uh, ko uh, Hokanui, ko uh, uh, Tau Te Ihi Ihi o ku Marae. Uh, ko Ahau Te Tahi o Ngā Kaihautu o Shurson Willis. Uh, my name's Rewa. Um, I descend from Waikato Tainui and uh, Ngāpuhi. Um, and I'm one of the directors of Shurson Willis. For me, I'm passionate about um, my Māori culture mm. and where I'm from. I didn't grow up. My mum moved back, my, well, my parents moved back to um, where my mum was from in the Hokianga about 10 years ago. Um, she was sent to Auckland when she was um, 11, so I had that disconnect from my roots. Mm. I grew up in Auckland. Um, when mum moved back to uh, Northland, it really allowed me the opportunity to reconnect in with my whānau. Mm. Um, I didn't spend time on the marae growing up, but I've spent more time um, doing that now. About five years ago, I um, started my te reo Māori journey. Um, that's kind of involved, evolved into um, this year I'm doing rongoa Māori. Mm. Um, and I love that because um, doing te reo Māori is kind of one aspect and you're learning the reo, but um, the rongoa class really is teaching me about the atua, um, you know, Māori, really deep Māori beliefs on, you know, how the first um, man was created mm. and, you know, all of those kind of things are really um, deeply embedded in te ao Māori and just give you a deeper understanding. So for me, it's that connection back into who I am it's helped me understand, you know, myself mm. more, which yeah. I um, I really love. Yeah, that's so awesome. And but it's such a, you know, I think even where I'm at, you know, even after five years, it's still a scratch on the surface. There's, it's so deep, and you know, there's so much more to learn. Yeah, I can tell you're really emotionally moved by mm. that, um, which you know highlights the the roots it has in you and your, uh, you know, your people and your family and. So was it anything beyond your mum moving to back up to Northland that sort of sparked that in you? What was that that moment of going, actually, I want to well, know I think more? I think for me, um, I grew up, even though we lived in Auckland, I grew up with a lot of, you know, Māori values, you know, a lot of um, tikanga, even simple things mm. like, you know, we never wore shoes in the house, we'd always eat together as a whānau, um, just that really kind of, you know, good Māori values. Mm. Um, Actually, for me, it was when um, my dad passed away and I went, mum and dad moved back up north when dad was sick because dad wanted to be buried up where mum came from. Mm. And I reconnected with um, some cousins of mine who I'm really close with now. And I think, f um, you know, their mother who had passed away a year before, um, she um, looked after me when I was a baby, so it was reconnecting with them 
they grew up speaking te reo Māori, mm. you know, they really kind of ignited that passion. And for me to see, um, I think there's a lot of um, deep trauma probably still in, in Māori. Yeah. Um, and I, th- you know, when you, when you connect back in um, with who you are, I think that's, you know, there's something really powerful in that and you, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's really nice. It's, it's made me, it's, fills my heart yeah and it's just yeah. who you are right yeah, it's part of right. who you are yeah and it's kind of coming back home to who you are yeah you know you can you kind of go off and can be in Auckland and around all the big flashlights and you know but mm. actually at the end of the day what kind of grounds you um and what fills your heart is is what's important mm, yeah that's so beautiful thank you for sharing that with with us um I, I'm very, very new to the, the Māori journey, but um, something I know I need to do better at and learn uh, more. Uh, the Ice House did a course through Takar last year um, with Precious Clark, and um, it was the start of something. And, um, yeah, it's always really amazing to learn off other people that are further along in the journey mm-hmm. and you know it's what grounds them and I know I can learn a lot from you um, and others so I really appreciate you uh, yeah, sharing no, that. No it's nice and I think too even you know as I, I think that's what I've learned even doing what I have done so far you're constantly learning mm. you know I kind of liken it a little bit even to you know yoga you're never the master you're constantly learning even in the Māori space you're constantly learning Mm, yeah totally Mm. and I think people can sometimes be scared to start um, or scared they're going to get it wrong and I'm trying to move past that because um, I think it's better to give it a go and to try and to genuinely want to learn more from others that know more absolutely um, and I think what you've just said it's it's that genuine learning you know Mm. if you approach it with integrity and yeah, I think that's good. I think you know that's a good thing for people to be learning Māori or just kind of having a better understanding of the Māori world. Yeah, for sure. No, it's very cool and it's an, a really amazing way to sort of set up the foundation of this podcast. Yeah. Um, from that, what is your purpose in life? What motivates you? Um, I, well, I guess if you take it back even to in a business sense yeah Shurs and Willis we have um, a really clear purpose and that is to help you succeed using the power of communication so mm. whether that's um, our team whether that's our clients or wider Aotearoa New Zealand I think that purpose though really comes from myself and Trish and you know there's nothing for me I love seeing our team being successful so whether that's them going off and buying their new house, you know, a new mm. house, their yep. first home, whether it's them having babies. We've had, um, you know, someone return this week after having their second baby. She's been with us the whole, t- you know, oh, wow. in, during that whole process. We've had someone else just go off and have a baby. You know, success looks different for everybody. Yeah. But how can we make, you know, the people that we work with successful and probably, you know, deeper than that for me, I love seeing Māori be successful. So, how can I do in my life purpose help take my skills and help you know my people be more successful mm, yeah I love that and the question to ask yourself right that you've you've said is what does success look like yeah. mm, and that can look different to different that can look people different. you know that might, might be for some people it might be um well I think even if I put it into an example of myself my um 
my mum was diagnosed with Alzheimer's at the end of last year oh, and wow. she has come home to well she's come back to live with us in, in Auckland so for me even just having the flexibility to spend time with her I go home every lunchtime you know make her lunch and yeah. you know it's that kind of for me being able to do that and having that flexibility yeah yeah that is success and yeah yeah absolutely can you walk us through your career journey from KFC deliveries <laughs> and, and file sorting oh. to where we are today? Um, yeah, so I left school after seventh form. Um, I didn't go on and do any kind of tertiary study. I actually went straight into Pacific magazines. Mm. Um, and at 18, I don't know how I managed this, I ended up being the New Zealand fashion editor for uh, girlfriend magazine which was one of their magazines wow. I don't know yeah I, <laughs> I, I just don't know it just was an opportunity that was presented to me so I took it good on you um I then um I moved on from there and I went into an advertising agency just a really boutique firm and um, my boss at the time was friends with um, a woman who had an agency called Rainish and Partners and she approached me and said hey come and work for me and I did and that was kind of the start of my comms career mm. um, when I was there I went and did a night course just down at AUT doing doing comms uh, that's where I met Trish was at um, Rainish and Partners and then after we went off and had our second children we um, we were literally sitting around feeding our babies <laughs> and um, said what are we going to do and we're like oh should we just do our own thing and that's kind of how it came it came about. So amazing. Yeah. I love that. And that was, yeah, so 17 years ago. 17 years ago. Mm. Wow. And so still business partners today. Still business partners today. And how big's the team now? Uh, so there we're, well, after doing OMP, obviously on a bit of a growth yeah. plan. Yeah, um, totally. So there are, we're at 13 of us now. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. And... We, started off it was just Trish and I we worked from home for the first five years with our babies yeah um yeah do you, do you remember your first hire because that's always a big moment we yes we a woman that we had worked with that um also worked at Rainish and Partners she was a um intern and came um mm -hmm. and worked with us she was the first person we hired uh, and she worked for us for 10 years and she has gone off now and um, is working for a corporate and she's now a client. So yeah, How cool. Yeah, yeah it comes it's really around. cool. Yeah, I love that wider community feel to having a business and doing business in, yeah. New, in New Zealand especially. Can you, uh, just for those listening, can you let us know just an overview of what you offer at the company? So we are a corporate affairs firm. Um, we specialise in um, communication support for executive teams, uh, boards of directors and their senior advisors, so mm. whether that's kind of their lawyers or um, their bankers, um, and uh, provide comm support around kind of transactional reputation, rep reputational or issues management mm. um, campaigns. Um, so that might be... Um, you know, um, as an example, uh, you know, clients who want to list on the NZX, mm -hmm. um, we will work with them ahead of that, ahead of time to make sure that they're in good shape before they list, because obviously what comes with that is a lot of public scrutiny. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so true. Yeah, and then off the back of that, um, you know, once they are listed on the NZX, um, you know, we might help them with their financial reporting. What does that kind of comms out to their shareholders look like? You know, if um, you know other clients that might have kind of reputational issues, how are they being kind of perceived? Yeah. Um, wow. GR support, um, and then after OMP, we have expanded our offering to include a Pakeke Māori, so mm-hmm. Māori business. So. We had we already had quite a few clients coming to us wanting to engage with Māori, mm-hmm. um, but we haven't worked for Māori organisations, so that's something we're now looking to grow mm-hmm. as kind of moving into that space. Yeah, great. That's cool. You know, you, you mentioned how it started, you know, you and a friend um, nursing your, your babies and, and birthing as well, this incredible business idea. Has the offering changed over those years or has it stayed, this, is that what you set out to do from the start or has it merged with the trends and the... Yeah, interestingly, when we first, because we had come out of um, an agency that did both corporate and consumer communications mm. um, and my background really was in consumer comms. Trish had come out of the media and out of parliament so she really was on the corporate side. Um, after I had my first child in the agency that we used to work for, um, I was moved across to the corporate team because mm. the consumer work was often on the weekends and right. when you've got a new baby you can't do that work. So that's how Trish and I started to first work with each other. Um, then when we started Choose and Willis, we thought we're just going to do corporate comms but the way things work we had clients coming to us wanting to do a bit of consumer work so we went down that track for a little bit. Mm. Uh, and then it would have been probably over the last five to six years we've really gone back to that core, the, the corporate comms. We've realised that's kind of where the most interesting work is um, and it's kind of where we, you know, I think probably where our skills lie. Yeah, where the passion lies. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's really cool. From that journey, you said 17 years in business. What, what's been a learning from owning your own business that maybe you'd give yourself a little heads up um, if you had the chance at the start? I think uh, it would be embrace the challenges. Mm. Um, you know, business is a lot of ups and downs. Um, embrace the challenges, see them as opportunities to grow. I think that, you know, applies to not just business but to life in general. Yeah. Um, some of our biggest growths personally and in business have been from you know some of those kind of darkest hours yeah yeah. you know where you kind of you end up seeing the light and once you're out the other side you you realize it was a you know an opportunity for growth yeah do you think having a business partner in Trish uh, has you know just been nice to have someone to sort of bounce ideas around and be in those dark moments together absolutely um I think the nice thing about Trish and I is we have completely different strengths yes. and um, that's worked really well for us in business. Um, naturally, um, Trish is, she's amazing at client service. Um, my passion over, it, it's kind of, you know, over the years has gone more to the business side. So the running the business, you know, sounds terrible, but you know, um, I love a spreadsheet. Yeah, um, <laughs> good you on know, you. So, you know, Um, I think our skills are very complementary and I don't think we would have been able to do or be this successful without each other. Mm, Yeah, totally. Makes so much sense. (laughs) What is a piece of advice that you would give a business owner when it comes to their communications and PR? Uh, 
I think, number one, have a plan, mm. have a strategy. Um, it's where the best work's done, um, whether that's proactive comms or reactive comms. You know, even even um, businesses that are in a in a crisis, you can still plan for that crisis. Mm. Um, I think that would be my number one. Have a strategy. Yeah. Um, number two, be consistent. So whether that's um, consistent in your messaging, so being clear and concise in your messaging, make sure you've got a consistent tone that resonates with your business, and then consistency in how often you communicate to your stakeholders. Because mm, yeah. there's no, you know, there's no point going out with one, one piece of comms, one big story, and then no one hearing from you for another year. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that can be hard for SMEs eh, to with small internal teams um, to manage. And obviously, yeah. that's where your your guys' services can come in certain ways. But um, it's great when when we see businesses just start somewhere on the journey and just be small and consistent. Yeah, with it. and I think that's right. You, don't, I mean, you don't have to. It doesn't have to be complicated. Mm. It can be, um, you know, really simple. Who who are you talking to? What do you want to say? The other thing around a strategy is the strategy really should be driving your business strategy. So what are you trying to achieve as a business? Yeah, great. And how can comms support you on that journey mm. and communicate to your stakeholders? Mm, that's great advice. That's very practical, yeah. which our listeners love. Practical <laughs> advice and support. Um, how did you hear of the Ice House? How did that journey all begin? Uh, really good question. I, um, I actually don't know. I feel like the Ice House, just the name's been around forever mm. um I first signed up to the ice house I think it was it was around the COVID time so I didn't uh, end up going ahead because of COVID yeah um but yeah I feel like it's just kind of it's just you know being, being there, there. said in the news you know in the in the in the papers yeah. and yeah it's just been a name that's been around yeah. for as long as I can remember cool yeah very very awesome you were a recipient of the Tupuna Kokiri Scholarship, and that's an amazing partnership we have to empower Māori business owners and leaders in, in business. What did this? How did that come about? That um, cadetship, first of all, and mm. then what did un, what did it unlock for you? So that first came about um, uh, I, when I signed up to do the OMP. It was something that was was offered. I think you guys had just partnered with partnered them with yeah them. yeah um and I guess probably you know being a small business the investment in doing OMP is significant yes um and that really helped um you know obviously some having that scholarship helps towards those fees which is awesome the other thing for me that I had to think about and um I always like to keep things kind of balanced between Trish and I so you know you want to make sure that um, any investment in me learning is going to be the same kind of investment for for Trish mm. um, and obviously that's a significant investment so that it just it, it really helped um, I guess um, provide that financial support mm. to be able to do to do the course yeah great and how did you find it how was the experience on OMP I really enjoyed it yeah mm. no it was really good we had a great um cohort OMP 58 yeah um <laughs> shout yeah. out yeah shout out to <laughs> OMP 58 um no we were um you know I think probably you go on to those courses and for me um you know you have a little bit of imposter syndrome because you're like oh 
is my business big enough? Am I smart <laughs> enough? Um, and on our cohort, there were um, four women, and the rest of them were, you know, blokes in the kind of construction industry, you know, mm-hmm. and some of them had massive businesses. You know, yep. they're talking, you're talking hundreds of staff versus, you know, little me. <laughs> um, and there were only two of us in professional services, which um, was also quite interesting. And while, um, you know, I think some of the the content didn't necessarily apply. You know, mm-hmm. when you're talking about, you know, massive amounts of funding to fund growth or, you know, huge construction projects. Yeah. I think just being in that environment and being around um, other business owners, you know, regardless of kind of how big or what kind of industry they're in, you actually really quickly realise that you all have very similar problems. So, um, mm. you know, there was a um, there were a number of us who just needed to be more passionate about our business. How do I be passionate about the business again? Mm-hmm. How do I find a succession, you know, succession planning, um, you know, recruitment, yeah. staffing was always a major issue for everybody that sat around that table. Yeah. Um, so you realised really quickly that, you know, despite being from all different backgrounds and diff- having different businesses, we're all facing really similar problems. Mm. So true. And so many people talk about that imposter syndrome, feeling like it's their first day of school all over yeah, again. No, rocking exactly. Up. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, like, oh gosh, <laughs> hi. Um, but I love hearing the sense of community mm. that, and, and sometimes, um, more recently this year, I've um, now had the opportunity to sit on one block of each, oh, yes. um, and just seeing how fast the sparks happen, happen and the aha moments, and the, oh, you get this too. Yep. It's a room of people that just get it, right? Well, and often too, the answers to your problems come from the other people sitting around the table, yeah. you know, and you, you do build those um, great connections. It's like, you know, me arriving here today, mm-hmm. I see, you know, Felicity in the hallway, and, yeah, you know, it's great. Yeah, having those people to bounce ideas off and just know that they're there if anything pops up. Exactly. That's cool to hear. That's really cool. Going back to prior to the first day of school feeling um, for OMP, were there any hesitations for you before jumping on or was it something that you knew you were really ready for? I think I was ready for it. Mm. Um, I think the business was ready for it yeah. too. I think we um, had grown to a point where we needed kind of help to kind of get to that next, that next level. Yeah. Um, no, no, not no hesitations. Mm-hmm. Just it, probably my own, you know. Yeah, as I said, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Has it reignited new passion for absolutely? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's been good. I think getting the other thing that I notice, you go, you you know, every month, you spend three days together. You go back to the office. Um, you want everything to be done immediately. So you've got <laughs> yeah. to, you know, you've really got to slow down. I think the other thing I really liked about OMP is um, how much you look at yourself as a leader mm. and what you can be doing in the business differently. So that stuff's actually really good too. So you're getting growth, of, um, business growth, but actually personal growth mm. as well. Something that would be very, very common um, is business partners one of the business partners going on the program and the mm. other not how or or even just coming back like you said and wanting everything to be action now because you're on that high of of just doing the owner managed program how did you balance or work through the new learning bringing mm. it back to the business communicating it to the team and maybe trish mm. 
and slowly starting to see things at work? I think I had to learn to just slow down. Yeah. We did um, TMI profiles mm-hmm. when we were as part of OMP. Uh, I'm a completer, finisher, so I like things to be done. So, you know, there were definitely frustrations there mm-hmm. where things were not moving at the pace I wanted them to be moving at. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, a good reflection to look at yourself and kind of just take a step back and, you know, just tick, tick the things off, stick to the strategy yeah, and tick off what you need to be doing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like that. What excites you about the future of of your business where is it heading Uh, really good question I mean Mm. the sky's the limit isn't it yeah Um, I you know I I think one of the things with OMP that I really liked is it got us focused so um, looking at um, even kind of how we might structure the business so one of the things that we've that we've been looking at is taking our service offerings and how do we drive them as individual portfolios have someone head up that that portfolio Mm. um i think you know once you kind of look at things um you know slightly differently there are so many ways you can go you know obviously over time and that was part of omp how do trish and i as business owners start stepping back how do we grow our team and the leadership in our team so our team members can step up Mm. um yeah i'd like to think that at yeah. some stage in the future, we can start stepping back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, work in progress. Yeah, totally. That's such practical advice as well around you know the portfolios and setting that up and sticking to the strategy. And yeah, there's some gold in there. Um, I like to throw on this question because my role's community um, at the Ice House. And mm-hmm. so what do you hope to get from the Ice House community? I think a big part of it is that ongoing network with business owners is there anything that interests you in terms of that network uh yeah i think you know exactly as you've you've said it's it is really that that network and that community that you have Mm -hmm. um i know our cohort are already starting to think and talk about when our next catch-up's going to be yeah um but i guess to kind of continuous learning i love um i love continually continually learning Mm -hmm. so you know I think that's a, you know, I did one of the other Ice House programs. How can I keep growing and developing and, mm. you know, and, and how can I do that through the Ice House? Yeah, awesome. I, I think I may have missed that in my questions, but, oh, yes, here we go. The financial skills, yes. Uh, I would yes. like to touch on that if that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just mentioned you've done something else as well to continue that learning and um, and upskilling. So you've also done our financial skills workshop. What led to the decision? You said you love a spreadsheet, so maybe that. Um. I do love a spreadsheet. I think probably as a business owner, though, and I, there are a lot of, you know, when you start a business, often you're coming in and you're on the tools because it's what you know. Yeah. Um, you don't know how to run a business, um, and getting across the numbers, I think, is critical mm. to your business being successful. We have an amazing finance manager at work, um, but I think for me it's ensuring that I can understand the numbers that I know um, you know when a report's you know printed out at the end of the month I know what that report means yes yeah so important I love right at the start of this recording you said you know the first thing you do in the day is go and chat to the um, your head of finance and I think that's really brilliant because it's mm. it's um, I think I think many business owners can 
sometimes shy away from that and because they don't understand they can kind of um yeah they, they don't go there a little bit and it's cool to hear that you start your day with that information it's so important yeah. to running a healthy business yeah and you know I think that yeah I think you're absolutely right it is it's critical to business success mm. you know you need to know your numbers you need to know what margins you're making you need to know you know there was definitely a point there where Trish and I first started you know um the business we had all this revenue coming in mm. but what was dropping out the bottom was you know pretty minimal yeah. so yeah. Um, you know, I think it's uh, it's good to understand that. It's good to understand how um, your numbers can fund growth. How you know we can be, um, you know, building um, uh, a business that's successful. Mm, yeah. Totally. How did you find Matt style the facilitator? I loved Matt. <laughs> he's, he's great because he presented too when we were at um, OMP. Yes. Um, and I think that's probably what. Um, I guess hooked me mm. to do um, the financial numbers in the first place but I just love his thinking I love mm. the way he thinks mm, yeah he simplifies it and yeah it's very cool I'm gonna throw in a question that I could have asked you know a few questions back but I'm really interested how did you make those first clients like how did you um, get the courage to um, to offer services for you know mm. you and Trish um, so our first, interestingly, one of our very first clients is still one of our clients today. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, that speaks volumes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for us, you know, we had come out of another agency. You had to be really careful, obviously, around, um, you mm. know, not being seen to take clients, which, which we didn't. Um, for us, it was um, most of our work comes in through um, networks, so um, referrals through you know lawyers or bankers. So that's how mm. our first clients came yeah. about. Um, yeah, just kind of getting flow on effect yeah. from that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. I was just personally interested. Um, I'd love if you could share how listeners can you know read up a bit more about what you guys do and and if it's something they're interested in getting in touch with you about yeah. how they can do that. Um, so I'd say go to the website. I mean, that's probably the first point of call, but it is about to be updated. Cool. Um, actually, I went out, we did a presentation recently um, to in the Māori space, and the person we presented to, that we presented to said, "Do you do do you do Māori business?" I'm like, "Yeah, you've looked at the website, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. look at the website, <laughs> but look at the website. I guess yeah, just you know." Get online, have a look. The website is the best, the best place. Absolutely, you can get in contact with. But you just know that it is about to be revamped. Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much no for worries. being on Thank the you podcast. For me. Loved hearing your story, and excited to see where it heads in the next few years. Great. Thank you.